When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. Lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Joining me as always is Bobby Kravitsky at Bobby K underscore ninety one. You can always join us on Twitter at, at Facebook www.facebook.com slash Patriots Beat. Today's show is brought to you by the good folks over at Lynda.com as well as Peak Brewing. Impact show for you today as we kind of kick back a couple weeks after free agency started, the Patriots have lost some of their key players from last season's Brandon Browner, Darrell Rivas, Shane Vereen, and Vince Wilfork, just to name a few. Uh, we had told you that uh, the team that won the Super Bowl a month ago was going to look all Well, it sure does look that way. Bobby, what do you say? Uh, I guess we're starting with the negative. And, yeah, we expected, you know, there's a tendency for Super Bowl teams to get gutted in the offseason and to agree that it's happened to the Patriots. Jeff, starting with the Darrell Rivas situation, you know, I can't help but come back to two points. And the first is that the Jets were always going to have the better offer than the Patriots. So I feel like no matter what, he was going to end up going back to New York, whereas even if the Patriots went up to $40 million guaranteed, the Jets seemed like they would have been willing to go to 50 So I think the, that this situation was mishandled by not trading for him with Tampa Bay before the Bucks released him because he had a contract that had zero guaranteed money, and that really would have allowed the Patriots to go year to year 
here with Revis, just like they like to operate. Love that idea, Bobby. I wish that they had thought of that. Maybe they did. I wish that I had thought of that. You are much brighter than I am. <laughs> but imagine if they had traded uh, even a six-round pick, uh, Joe Jalapeno on a stick for him. And, and sure, you wouldn't have the uh, salary cap flexibility that you had last year. But you're right. It's a, it was a year-to-year deal. It was, if I remember correctly, it was a six-year, $96 million deal, and it was just a bunch of contract options that were picked up every single year. I think that would have worked nice for the Patriots just to move on because he's not coming back. Vince Wilfork, I think we need to spend a couple of minutes here talking about Big Vince. Sure to be Patriots Hall of Fame career. Uh, with back-to-back Super Bowls, not back-to-back, but bookmarked it with a Super Bowl in his rookie year and a Super Bowl in his five. Big Vince will be missed. There's no doubt about that. But I think it got to the point for the Patriots that there's a schema change coming. Bill Fork might not be part of what I'm going to assume from what they've done with losing uh, Revis and Browner uh, and, and moving away. Fork and signing Jabal Sheard, that they're going to become more of a penetrating front. And while Vince Wilfork should be able to be a penetrating front, his you have a guy like Dominic Easley coming up. Chris Jones, of course, uh, led the Patriots defensive linemen or defensive tackles in sacks his rookie year. So uh, it'll, your thoughts on saying goodbye to big Vince Wilfork? Well, this is just a guess. And as good as the Revis one sounded, I'm wrong a hell of a lot more than I am right. But based on the fact that even after Wilfork released his statement on Twitter, which sounded to many like it was a goodbye and a thank you to everyone in the Patriots organization and to the fans, New England kept quiet and didn't say anything. So it seemed to me like there was still interest in retaining him, but you knew that they were going to do it at a team-friendly price. And Vince, who took that uh, the restructure last year, look to recoup some of that money this offseason, just like Doug had said when he joined the program, accurately predicted that one. So I still think that they wanted to bring him back because, Jeff, as things currently stand, they're very thin up front. Chris Jones and Saliga both had offseason surgery. Easily, who was injury-prone in college, did not finish the year, ended up being put on season-ending IR. So we will see what There's sure to be potentially another addition in free agency, or maybe they augment through the draft. I would expect that they will probably augment through the draft. We've seen forth on every pro day that you're seeing that the Patriots are working out some kind of defensive lineman. Wouldn't be too surprised if they did augment through the draft. And I wouldn't be too surprised if Dominic Easley, a year and a half, almost two full seasons removed from his ACL injury. We'll get that explosiveness uh, back that made him become the first round last year for the New England Patriots. Things are changing, definitely for the Patriots. The offense remains mostly intact, uh, of course, with Dan Connolly not yet re-signed. He's uh, seen a little bit of interest. They've lost uh, Shane Vereen. That's, that's, that's a loss. James White can step in there. We all remember that uh, Shane Vereen wasn't exactly Shane Vereen when he first came here. Uh, so I believe James White can set it. That they brought in from the Saints. Uh, he's a, he's a pass-catching fiend. That could happen. And even my most hated Brandon uh, Brandon Bolden um, <laughs> could check in in a pinch. 
so we're looking at this offense. This offense looks still pretty damn good. Damn good. They've they've gone out there. Um, he is getting older. We know that. Gronkowski got through a full season healthy. That's great. Uh, you know, running backs. They got they got a stable of them. They definitely have a stable of wide receivers. Danny Amendola redid his deal, and they've brought in another tight end, a pass catching tight end, Scott Chandler from Buffalo. I love that signing. What do you think there, Bobby? Yeah, I was all for it. You bring a six-seven tight end to give that dynamic across from Gronk, especially in the red zone. That's going to be huge to have those two working together. You can put Chandler down the middle and Gronk out going to the corners. I love that. You can mix and match. It's going to make things easier for everyone, especially those two. So it'll be nice to see the those two in action as a tandem. And then with James White, I don't think the question is, can he step into that Shane Vereen role? It's a question of how quickly can he do it? Can he emerge this year, especially with given that cadet's a young player as well, without a truly established veteran to push him? So it's going to be interesting to see just how quickly James White emerges with the Patriots in that role. It'll be interesting to say the least uh, come the final week of July when the Patriots are recon. Uh, if they can defend their 2014 title. And that's the one thing that, well, you heard me say it in our chats, Bobby. I just, I don't get too up free agents uh, signings and, or, you know, departures because you don't know what the entire uh, field is going to look like. You know, you don't know what the puzzle. The 2007 offseason, it didn't look phenomenal. And then before the draft, there's a trade for Wes Welker. Uh, a second and a seventh round tri- uh, draft. They trade for Randy Moss. This team could do anything. Do I expect them to go out and you know throw big money at uh, you know in an, into a trade and get a good guy? No, but I do expect them to be competitive. Jabal Sheard. This is a guy that I really liked out of Pittsburgh coming out of uh, college. He gets after the quarterback. The last two seasons, maybe not as much. Has uh, gone through many coaching changes. Three coaches in four years in Cleveland. A little stability in New England is going to go a long way. They can move all around the place. They can have them as a uh, 4-3 end. They can have them as a stand-up outside linebacker. They can bump Chandler Jones, Nink, and Hightower all on the field um, at the same time along with Jabari Sheard, uh, Jabal Sheard and get in there. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, this is his versatility is a welcome addition to the Patriots' defense. One, you finally have someone who can spell the Iron Man, Rob Ninkovich, as well as Chandler Jones. And secondly, with the departure of Darrell Revis, you know that there's going to be a shift towards an emphasis on the pass rush as opposed to the secondary, and that's how they're going to look to help that secondary out by creating more of a pass rush than they did last season. And Sheard fits nicely into that role. Also underrated at stopping the run, which is going to allow him to stay on the field more. And like you said, in all kinds of different fronts. Yeah, it'll be interesting. As I said earlier in the show, a scheme. Um, and I, here's the one thing that I want to sit out there, Bobby. It is not going to be the same days of, of the – I've heard it on other talk radio shows. I've read Oh, no, soft zone. They're going to let 4,000 yards a week passing, and the people are going to throw all over us. The Patriots didn't get out when they were playing zone. That is the big thing that people don't realize. They did not get after the quarterback. Their last year that they got after the quarterback while 
2011, and that brought them right to the uh, right to the doorsteps of a championship with a guy like um, Julian Edelman playing cornerbacks. I realized they were able to get pressure uh, with with guys like Andre Cotter and uh, Mike Anderson or Mark Anderson. They were able to get in there and each get ten sacks along with Rob Nickovich. Get pressure. You can you can play that zone. And don't think for a second that the Patriots didn't play zone last year because they played zone on many occasions. Had a lot of cover three last season, and you raised an excellent point about not having a good pass rush in addition to a weak secondary in years past. Now the question is going to be, will Bill Belichick opt to blitz more often? We know that's not something he loves to do. You know, he prefers to just send one guy, but will he start to bring the dogs a little bit more? I think he's going to have to. Um, I, I think he's going to have to. Now, a lot can change towards the off season as things go. We don't know if Malcolm Butler is going to uh, grow on a, on a solid first season. To a uh, new cornerback they signed, uh, Bradley Fletcher can come in and play man-on-man defense, then you're not going to have to blitz as much. If you're playing more of a zone, uh, get beat in man, you're going to want to get after the, the pass uh, the passer more often. But their signing of Sheard and then the re-signing of Allen Branch shows me that they can get after the passer a little. The draft of Dominic Easley in the first round last year is telling me they want to get pass rush. They've been trying to move away from the 3-4 re- they're going to be going away from, uh, you know, the Vince Wilfork two-gap system. That's that's what I'm looking at if I'm reading the tea leaves. Yeah, and we know how valuable it is to be able to push the pocket on the interior of the defensive line. That's something that Allen Branch proved he can do because he's one of, he's one of the biggest defensive tackles that Bill Belichick has coached as a Patriot. You know, in terms of size, he's six six well over 3.30, and then you add Dominique Easley. We'll see what type of sophomore season he has, if he can live up to the hype that he had coming out of college. He was, if healthy, out Florida, potential top five pick. So if he can play like someone worthy of such a high selection this, now that he's had a chance to get healthy, it will really help the Patriots in that aspect. And we'll see, you know, with that rotation now of Ninkovich, Jones, and Sheard coming off the edges, a lot things to like here, not to mention the return of Gerard Mayo, who's very good on delayed blitzes. You figure that with his presence, Hightower also plays more on the strong side where he thrived prior to Mayo going down. So there's a lot of different ways for this Patriots front to create pressure. And you need to put the name out there, Gerard Mayo. Uh, you know, we saw what they were able to do playing a little more rush end uh, with Mayo. Out big thing right there with Mayo coming back healthy. And of course, uh, Hightower himself had a, sh- a shoulder injury, uh, you know, till about the beginning of August uh, you know, on speculation there. But that's the one thing. Having full health in Gerard Mayo, it allows you to put Hightower as a rush end. It allows you to let Jamie Collins blitz the gap and use Mayo blitzing the gap. You're going to be able to have rushers coming from all over. Have guys, uh, you know, like a Logan Ryan and like a Malcolm Butler uh, playing cornerback and allowing uh, Devin McCourty, who was resigned there, um, playing, you know, and not allowing the cover to come off the top of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of. It'll be interesting to see what the Patriots' draft strategy is this year. Yeah, I'm very interested to see who they target in the first two to three rounds. 
um, whether, you know, let's say that they lose Dan Connolly, does that now change the board to where they're targeting a guard, potentially Cameron Irving of Florida State in the first round? Or bring him back, do they look to maybe move up a couple picks and take one of the cornerbacks that figures to be available in the early to mid-20s? Or do they just wait it out because their figures to be quality defensive tackle available where they're selecting? It's going to be very interesting to see what they prioritize come the draft. Exactly. Will it be the defensive tackles? Do they step up and grab? This is the type of year that it reminds me a lot of 2012 um, in the draft where they traded up not once but twice. I could see the Patriots moving up in this. Not in the top 10 territory, but I'm talking from 32 up to 21. It doesn't cost you a ton of draft capital. They have a lot of uh, picks this year. Bay's pick uh, the in the first pick of the fourth round, uh, you know, they got, they moved, uh, they got a two six this year. So they got a lot of ammunition that they can move around. So we'll be finding out if they have a compensatory draft pick. They're hoping for a third rounder uh, with the loss of a keep to leave. That would be huge for the Patriots. Now you can't, that allows you to move your own third uh, to move up. And, and when we're talking from jumping up from, uh, 32 in the draft up to 21, it doesn't take a huge amount of uh, The other thing you said, Bobby, is, you know, uh, the left guard position uh, waiting on Dan Connolly. I- I'm kicking the tires on Stephen Wisniewski, uh, the center from uh, uh, his rookie season, played all 16 games at left guard, a good player out of Penn State. Your thoughts on a guy like that? Certainly be interesting to go the vet. And route. My thinking is that if you're going to opt to do that and go with a veteran, why not re-sign Dan Conley, who was a captain for you? He was a stabilizing for Nate Boulder at left tackle. So if that's the route they choose to go, I think it would make a lot of sense just to keep Dan Conley. I know there's teams interested, but he still doesn't figure to be too costly. They have plenty of cap room to do that and still trade up a couple spots in the draft. Jeff, another reason that moving up in the draft is intriguing is because part of the selling for why they didn't, you know, increase their offer for Darrell Revis is that they have all these extensions coming up in the near future from Collins and Hightower to Chandler Jones. So adding a quality player on a rookie deal to filling one of their positions of need, that's only going to make it easier to extend themselves to these players who are now becoming veterans, core players. Oh, that's huge right there. I mean, ding, salute Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis is one of the best cornerbacks that I ever saw play football. He he was brought here to do. He helped his team win a championship. He shut down his side of the field. Um, but he's definitely not the reason that they won this biggest reason. He's not the only reason that they won there. People sit there and say, oh, they never won a, a Super Bowl without a shutdown corner. They need that all-pro corner. Well, I'll put on the boxing gloves and tell you right now, Wes Welker makes that uh, catch, or um, Tom Brady's pass is a little better to Wes Bowl 46. You can't tell me the Patriots are going to lose that game. They're going to score a touchdown there, and that game's over. That's the same thing for the New England Patriots this last year. play by both Brandon Browner and uh, Malcolm Butler on an interception at the end, you lose that Super Bowl. Now, Darrell Rivas gave up 
I know it was on a, on a pick by official. I'm, I'm you know pulling hairs right here, but Revis was a great player. Don't get me wrong; he's not the only reason this year. In fact, the pass defense wasn't exactly very good in the playoffs, other than against uh, you know Indianapolis, which the Patriots just against. Um, but they gave up 31 points to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco moved up and down the field on the rest of this offensive uh, defense. Uh, and, and then they were, you know, a Malcolm Butler interception away from giving up 31 to Seattle and losing the Super Bowl. It sit there and say, oh, they haven't won since Ty Law, uh, you know, was, was a shutdown corner. Well, Ty Law got injured halfway through the 2004 season. Randall Gay starting in the Super Bowl against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. You had Asante Samuel, who was in his second year, wasn't exactly that shutdown corner. Shutdown corners, if you want to call, um, if you want to call Asante Samuel that shutdown corner, well, he lost you a Super Bowl. His butterfingers, the ball hit him in the hand. Catch it. And the helmet catch never happens. It happened three plays before the helmet catch. Go back and watch it. So I, I'm sick of people saying they haven't won since they had a shot. It didn't hurt. Believe me. It'll be harder for the team to win next year without a player with Darrell Reeves' um, pedigree. But it doesn't mean it Jeff Kane coming out swinging. Boxing gloves are on, ready to throw down. I love it. I do agree with you. There's, it's not like there's only one specific way to win a championship. There's many different formulas. As the Patriots have proven, like you said, even in years they were unsuccessful, they showed that you can win a championship in a variety of ways and different schemes and what have you. So I wouldn't go counting the team out just yet. Super Bowls are not won or lost through free agency. Champions are built through the draft. That has occurred yet and it's another chance to fortify the team like you said Patriots also used the draft in 07 in order to acquire Randy Moss they got Wes Welker in a trade so there's plenty that can be done here before training camp even starts and let's not forget that yeah the holes this team has are major at the moment I'll say but there's not that many of them so while they're important positions like that number one corner spot and the interior of the defensive line potentially they still can be fixed and there's not that many holes to going into the draft. So you got to like where the Patriots stand at this point, despite losing some marquee players. And you got to look at other players out there, like like a guy like, I know people say, oh, he was in the doghouse last year. He didn't play much. He was hurt. He ended up on IR. And when you have a guy like Alfonso Dennard, who he's an outside cornerback, doesn't, provide a ton on special teams and you have Darrell Revis and Brandon Brown are ahead of him to cornerback anymore. He isn't your fourth cornerback. He drops down to your fifth, your sixth cornerback. That's why you don't see Dennard out there as much as he has. Dennard is a pretty good cornerback. He's not a number one. I know that. But he could develop into a number one. And I'm excited to see the progression uh, he had a very good rookie season. Not as great last year, but again, not as many champ- uh, chances. And Malcolm Butler, it wasn't just that one play. 
he a camp. He played well when he was brought out in certain situations, and he played extremely well the entire second half of the Super Bowl. Uh, play of the game on that deep pass to Curse uh, that was juggled and caught, and he had the wherewithal to stand up and push him out of bounds. Uh, so big things there for uh, Bobby. Let's uh, let's kick it out to some other things going around in the NFL because the owners' meetings are this week, and there are plenty proposals, rule changes, uh, bylaw changes, that sort of things uh, out there. The Patriots have uh, put out a few uh, a few rule changes. The big things is uh, reviewable of all plays, uh, including penalties. Defensive players and unsuccessful challenges will not cost the team a timeout. Um, that's uh, ex- expand pl- uh, expand plays for which reviews will be initiated by the re- replay official to include those that would result in a score or if the on-field ruling is reversed. Lots of rules out there. Anyone stick out in your mind? Well, let's start with the one about being able to challenge any and all calls, including penalties. I see no reason not to accept that because you've got to account for the possibility of human error, just like you do with any other call that's made that you're allowed to challenge right now. So, of course, we see all the time plays, you know, plays being called for pass interference and it looks on replay like that was a questionable call or there was a holding penalty that looks more like an acting job than anything else. You know, I think you've got to be allowed challenge penalties because if you, you can't stress that the challenge is there and it was created so that the refs can get it right, but then give them the ability to get it wrong without any chance to even review the potential for a penalty to be an incorrect call. Another rule change uh, that the uh, imposed is to move the line of scrimmage for uh, basically extra points. They call it try kicks to the uh, defensive team's 15-yard line. Basically, it's a 35-yarder, if my math uh, does it right. Let's see, a 32-yarder, right? So it's 15 yards, 7 yards back for the snap. Uh, that's 22 and 10 yards, so a 30. I think this is a no-brainer. They tried it last year in the uh, um, preseason. Listen, they make 99% of these extra points. It's it's ridiculous. It's just wild. What are your thoughts there on, on moving the extra point back to the 15-yard line? Exactly. Kickers have become so good in today's game that there's talk to some degree about narrowing the goalposts. So moving the extra point back a little bit seems like a no-brainer to me. Like you said, it's either it's either that a touchdown is an automatic seven points, or you've got to make the extra point a little bit harder. Now, one of the more ridiculous rules I with the Indianapolis Colts, who came out and said, "All right, well, if you go for two points and you get it, you can then." for a 50-yard field goal for a third point, basically giving you nine points for scoring a touchdown. Now, obviously, you have to get the two-point given, and then a 50-yard field goal is a little harder than a chip shot, but 
I just don't think the NFL is ready for that kind of rapid, uh, radical point. What do you think? I think it, I think it's sad. If I was on the competition committee and heard the Colts propose this, I would look at those guys and just say, really? You get blown out in the playoffs for the second year in a row, and you come back with ways to make it easier to get yourself back in the game that you get and now you got a chance to get even more points after a touchdown. Just stop it. That's pure ridiculousness. Now, if you want to say that you have the option to go for extra point or two-point conversion or, let's say, a 50-yard field goal for three points, I'm okay with that. That I could get on board with. But this idea of you get the two-point conversion, and if you're successful, you can get even more points, no, that's foolish. And quite frankly, I think it's embarrassing for the Colts to propose that after getting blown out back-to-back playoffs. Yeah. Silly rule. Uh, final rule uh, put out there by the Patriots, and uh, Belichick has brought this up in the past, is um, video camera. It's not Spygate, but uh, video uh, cameras on all bond boundary lines, including the uh, in the end zone. And someone came out uh, last how we expected uh, the NFL to pay for that sort of thing, and he said, well, we'll hold a bake sale. So I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, we have television cameras are unbelievable. It is gorgeous to watch a television uh, now. It's it's unreal with HD and all this other stuff. Why not use HD cameras? I mean, you can put them in the pylons. You can do that. It's not going to change anything. Uh, there's always going to be an angle if a guy got both feet down and bounced on the sideline. If the ball broke the plane, you're going to see these angles changing huge. We saw last year they, they got the tablets out there. Why not allow this technology to help make the game better? Take advantage of the technology that you do have at your disposal. The NFL is a cash cow. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, so there's no excuse about this being too expensive. You know, I don't think any fan that's going to sit well with. So if if you keep preaching that it's about getting it right and about mitigating human error, then you've got to go with this and add it, add it to the game. I think it's worth it, and I think it's time to adapt to the technology that is out there. you got to – so a lot of things coming out there for the uh... – uh, for NFL uh, this week uh, in the owners' meeting out in Tempe, Arizona. So uh, keep it peeled. What comes out as far as what happens for all these rules that the uh, Patriots and other teams have put out there. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, put out a about the ineligible eligible receiver uh, having to be within the tackle box. So still a little sour grapes there, don't you think? Yeah, and I heard, I believe it was Jeff Fisher, who's on the competition committee, say that there were legitimate scenarios brought up that were a cause for concern on how this whole thing can get out of hand. So I understand that, and I'll take Jeff Fisher's word for it. But at the same time, I view it as rather than complaining about it, you're the Ravens, you should be looking at 
how you can add this to your offense, how you can become more dynamic. You know, don't stifle creativity in what is a copycat league. Look to add it. Look to bring it into your playbook in some capacity. I don't like the idea of saying, well, we couldn't handle this or we feel like this had a huge hand in why we lost, so now we want it eliminated. I don't like that. I don't support it. I think it's about being creative, you know, finding different ways to win, which just because you doesn't mean you should just automatically shut it down. It means you should look to adapt and add it into your system. And it's not like the Patriots used it the entire game. It was three plays. Three plays they used it on. And they ran the same seam route on all three plays. <laughs> I mean, and it's not like they did it back to back to back or in no huddle fashion. They subbed in and they subbed out. Sure, it did commit a, a little bit of confusion, but uh, do the Patriots win the Super Bowl without uh, without the trichinery that they had there? Maybe. Uh, you know, they're they're down fourteen points twice. Able to do it, but. Uh, I don't know. It'll, it's a discussion for another day. I understand where Jeff Fisher is coming from, where uh, you know you could do some really funky, some funky things. I mean, you could put an offensive tackle, uh, you know, eligible out at wide receiver. Who's going to cover him? But if you have a guy like um, Ben coming out of college, you know, he's got some hands. We saw Nate Soldier catch a touchdown uh, in the playoffs. So the Patriots aren't scared to uh, use their offensive linemen to. I don't know. It's exciting to me to see all this different stuff happening. Patriots beat will be back uh, again soon. We're going to close it down for the day. This uh, podcast has been at lynda.com. Go out and challenge yourself today. And at Peak Brewing, mm, beer. I love good beer. Organic brew. Check it out. www.peakbrew. Of course, www.lynda.com slash CLNS for your free 10-day trial to lynda.com. We'll have some very it's about a uh, certain thing that's going to be happening with the Patriots Beat podcast coming up on our next podcast. So definitely check that out. It'll we'll broadcast uh, on our normal time of uh, of Friday mornings next week. We're sorry, we've had a, a a couple weeks of some jumbled times as per as the football season. But thank you everyone for listening. Bobby Kravitsky, I'm Jeff Kane. This is Ben Patriots. Internet Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.